Hi, I'm Cynthia Kahn, founder of Amuse Now, and I'm here today with Kit Wilson, author. Hi, Kit. Hi, how are you doing? Great. Congratulations on your new screenplay to novel, Fall City, which is the true story of a Braniff Airlines stewardess and her best friend, both of whom were killed in the Braniff Flight 250 tragedy of 1966. So, tell us about this project and why you chose to write about the event. Actually, there were three reasons why I wrote the project. Um, one was that um, I had an uncle who was a, a Braniff pilot for about uh, tw 25 to 30 years, and so I was very familiar with the company. And two, I happened to go to college right side out, out of Dallas, and at that time, the uh, airlines was changing dramatically in terms of how they're going to brand Braniff. And um, that was during the uh, Mary Wells uh, era when she took the, the brand of Braniff and changed it completely with uh, all the uniform changes of the Emilio Pucci uniforms and um, the planes colors and so forth. So it was a very dramatic period for commercial aviation in terms of how they impacted the traveling public. And third, I knew both of the girls that were killed on the flight. So there's, there's a lot of uh, smoothing over of that period that I wanted to make sure that uh, the history wasn't totally rewritten for a generation that had no clue about what it was like to live in the 60s. So that was another reason to write about that period because it was a very um, tumultuous period and for over a decade, uh, the uh, generation of that time had to deal with not only the Vietnam War, but the anti-race uh, marches and the um, assassinations of the leaders and the uh, distrust of the government. And just all of that was coming to a confluence uh, during the 60s and radically changed that generation. And so all this was going on while these two girls were going to uh, stewardess school and learning to be uh, you know, an effective uh, ambassador to Braniff uh, to the, the flying public. So there was a really an ironic twist there while all this you know, backdrop of uh, dramatic events were going on. They were basically uh, you know, tr trying to live out a lifestyle that hadn't been available to young women at that time. And rather than go and become a teacher or a wife or a, a secretary, they had an opportunity to travel and um, really experience something new. It's interesting because at that time, being a stewardess was a glamorous position. You had to be beautiful and everything. It was quite different from the way it is today. Extremely different. And I, as a matter of fact, most of the flying public today has no idea what Actually, men wore coats and ties when they boarded an aircraft, and women wore, you know, dresses and heels. And it was an experience because uh, it was a, a lot more costlier to fly back then. So consequently, it was, a, you know, an adventure as, as well as an opportunity to travel. So um, there was a mystique about flying back then that uh, is no longer around anymore. These girls were uh, part of a, a show, really, that uh, was to entertain the. Uh, the, tri the traveling uh, public, and um, it was important that they look head and shoulders above the competition in terms of the uniforms, or the, the food they offered, uh, the whole ambiance that went on aboard the aircraft. So it was very different. Most definitely. So Kit, you've been a writer for over three decades, and you work for advertising agencies. You have 
four previous novels under your belt. Give us a little bit about your professional backstory. Sure. When I got into advertising, which was the you know just after the uh, advent of the Mad Men era, 1967. Um, I was uh, working with advertising agencies in Dallas and then Seattle and Los Angeles and um, had an opportunity to work on big accounts like A&M Records and Crystal Cruises, Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom's. Um, but I wanted to not be stuck in a niche, which is very easily done in advertising agencies. So I uh, did a lot of writing as well as uh, art directing and creative directing. So consequently, I was able to write television spots, radio spots, uh, entire campaigns. So, uh, and then see them into production. And um, that only fueled my um, inspiration for writing after I left the business and continued to, to write to, more for my uh, pleasure as opposed to uh, satisfying a client. Interesting how other careers lead you to have skills for your next generation career. Yeah, yeah. And it, it also taught me that. Um, there was a there's a process involved with writing, and you don't uh, walk away from it after your first draft or your second draft. That uh, there's a lot of work to be done uh, with editing and polishing, and um, you you got to be patient with the process. And if you're just getting into it and you feel like you know you're instantly creative, you're instantly producing you know finished quality work. Well, it just really doesn't happen that way at all. I agree. I also see from your Google Plus pages that you write scripts based on your short stories. Tell uh -huh. us how you market them. Well, there's different ways, you know, because each one is a different product. So, taking uh, example, False City was a. Um, I did some marketing uh, research and realized that the market for that was about 72% women ages 25 to 55, and actually, there's more than 54% of the movie-going public in America are women. So they're they're very serious ticket buyers, and so. When I did the market research, I wanted to make sure that um, that audience was addressed. And um, so when I finished the script and uh, started approaching Hollywood with it, I wanted to uh, send it to uh, female lead um, production companies. These were gals like Hilary Swank, uh, Drew Barrymore, Cerise Theron, who have their own production companies and aren't necessarily going to be starring in each vehicle, but they do uh, pick and choose the projects that they work on and make sure that the uh, projects, and usually the female lead projects, will be uh, blessed with their monetary funds and also with the production values that come with the production companies. So that's what I did with Fall Cities. I approached those production companies that were owned by lead female artists in uh, Hollywood. And then I also approached um, like uh, mad uh, men, uh, art directors or production designers or costume designers who would be interested in that period of time and realize that uh, the nuances of the costumes were just as important as the lead to characters in the story. So, it, it, you know, you have to really be focused and, and uh, very targeted in terms of how you want to approach your script. Is that it is very important to do your homework and research and know what markets will be more amenable to reading and producing the film. Absolutely, and um, that I think the important thing too is before you package that product and actually get it out there to those targeted uh, uh, markets, you have to uh, have it thoroughly edited by a professional. You have to proofread and edited by a professional, and then uh, I would uh, recommend getting at least two to three 
uh, Hollywood readers to read the script first before you actually package it, put it in the mail, and send it to uh, somebody for a serious read because it's got to look top-notch professional from uh, first page to the end. So when you say Hollywood reader, is that someone in Hollywood that you know to just give their opinions to you about the script? Well, for everybody who doesn't have a connection to a Hollywood reader, they're available uh, for hire. And um, of course, you, ha you have to do some research about that as well. But uh, I would highly recommend getting at least one professional reader to go through your script and uh, make notes and give notes so that um, you're a little bit more aware of, of what the script is doing to someone who's used to reading them and used to critiquing them. And um, otherwise, you're coming from a humongous blind spot. Then who do you consider to be your biggest influencers? Um, fortunately, when I was in uh, high school and college, uh, my uh, second interest besides advertising was English and English literature. So uh, my biggest influences uh, from writing would be uh, Ernest Hemingway and John O'Hara and uh, Don Steinbeck, some of the classic American uh, writers who um, tried to pick and choose their, their words for their stories uh, with as little uh, flowery language as possible. So I, I, I tend to write like that as well. I'll go back and, and um, voraciously edit uh, my own words so that it gets it strips it down to the, the real nitty-gritty. Nowadays, when people don't read as much as they used to, uh, and the younger generation, they really get uh, put off by any kind of uh, flowery language or uh, unnecessary verbiage in your uh, literature. So, yeah, it, it helps to be uh, to the point. So you have Facebook pages for all your books. You have a LinkedIn account. Obviously, we talked about how you're on Google+. Mm -hmm. Do you have a personal website? I do. It's actually for the this film script. It's called uh, FallCityMovie.com, and okay. uh, that's an active site. And, um, and then, of course, uh, my books are available uh, online on Barnes and Noble and Amazon, Etsy, and um, the Book Patch. How do you use social media to connect with new fans and promote your work? I find that uh, Facebook is probably one of the best ones. LinkedIn is another best, uh, good one. And then I just started using Google. And um, with, within those circles of um, potential market uh, people, um, I'm finding that it's doing very well. The, the old traditional ways of, of sending out press releases to magazines and newspapers um, and uh, you know, news media outlets just isn't quite the same. It's not as instantaneous. So consequently, the social media uh, route is the way to go. One quick question. Very few people that I interview use LinkedIn as a social media resource. So can you just tell us a little bit about how you use it? Yeah. Uh, when I first joined it and I listened to my experience, my professional experiences, then immediately I started to being linked to people that were either in the profession or in a peripheral sense in the profession. So I went ahead and linked with those people and you know, it just kind of snowballed. They had other people that were working in peripheral businesses. And as it turns out, when you're working in advertising, then you're going to be uh, eventually crossing paths with people that do commercial production for TV and radio and um, you know, commercial enterprises for um, mass marketing. So whether they're, you know, cinematographers or their writers for commercials or their production houses, you know, 
as time goes on, you cross paths with them, and eventually you're going to be crossing paths with people that are actively working in Hollywood doing both commercial work and professional film uh, projects. Good deal. So, since Amuse Now is about artists helping artists, and you've given a lot of great advice today, but is there anything that you want to share with new budding writers that maybe we haven't touched on yet? Uh, well, I'm, I'm probably going to repeat something that a lot of other writers have said, but the important thing about writing is that you do it every day. And um, you don't have to, to uh, do it you know, for hours and hours and hours. Set aside uh, one to two hours a day and just make sure that uh, uh, as a habitual uh, ritual, you sit down and write. And um, don't be uh, concerned about editing it and changing it and you know, cleaning it up. Just write. And eventually, at the end of the week, at the end of a three or four days stretch of time, then you might go back and, and see what you've done and clean it up. And then uh, two other things. I would highly recommend uh, linking up with an editor, someone that uh, maybe is not going to work with you all the time, but at least works with you when you're ready to present your project uh, to the public. Make sure that their, their eyes are on it and they uh, effectively go over it and make recommendations about what should be done to it to, to make it polished. And then um, in the terms of uh, screenwriting, you have to have a professional reader look at it. it Maybe it's just one time, but you've got to have uh, somebody that is used to looking at scripts all the time and can spot you know, the weaknesses immediately and address them so that you can be ready to go back and uh, clean it up. Because screenwriting is basically rewriting. Kit, it has been terrific talking with you today. I'd like to keep in touch because early next year we're going to be launching an e-commerce site for Amuse Now, and I'd love to have your work on our network. Sure. Look forward to it. Absolutely. Well, thank you, and I wish you all the best. Thank you very much, and I appreciate the opportunity to uh, share what I've learned, and uh, hopefully other people will uh, gain something from it. Hi, I'm Cynthia Kahn, founder of Amuse Now. This featured artist presentation has been brought to you by Amuse Now Entertainment, a website that enables artists to profit from their creativity. To learn more about Amuse Now, visit us at www.amusednow.com or email me at ccon@amusenow.com.